Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the No Bad Dogs podcast with me, Tom Davis. This is a doozy. This is a, a really, really great podcast. Again, um, you know, on this podcast, we we specialize in working with dog owners and, and having guests on talking about behavioral stuff. And and this is one of those behavioral things again. And it's just um, it's it's a great it's a great podcast with a lot of new information in here. Um, it's 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 very educational. I think that we we kind of go down some paths and some avenues and some roads that we haven't done before. Um, so I think that you guys are going to be uh, really happy with this listen here. Uh, there's some things again, like some dog owners will kind of put me and ask certain questions that um, will allow us to talk about different things that we've never done before. So that's what this is about. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, as always, you guys uh, can buy my courses and all the stuff that we have that we talk about in this course with the link in the description below. And at the end of the podcast, I'm going to be answering three of your dog training questions. So make sure you listen to the end. And if you want me to answer your dog training questions, all you guys have to do is go over to the iTunes review chart and leave your review and I'll answer them next podcast. So thank you guys so much for listening and being loyal to the podcast. And hopefully you'll love this one as much as I did. And we'll talk to you at the end. Um, I'm going to get right to it with, we have a, um, we have a female pity mix named Kaya, about um, three years old. We've had her for about two and a half years. Um, she came from, she's a shelter dog. Um, she came from the shelter that I actually volunteer at. Um, and um, backstory found in an abandoned apartment. So she's, you know, a few weeks alone in an apartment. So she kind of had, you know, when she came to our house, she had some, some corks, you know, um, but honeymoon stage, definitely, you know, came to a hall and, um, she started exhibiting some really, um, some, you know, certain areas of our house she's triggered by Mm -hmm. basically, you know, when I say triggered by, she gets into this crazed state of barking and circling. And, um, it's just, it's because of noise, any noise, and it could be as simple as me, stirring a you know stirring my coffee with a spoon or setting a cup down or setting a cup down absolutely sets this dog off it's almost as though her hearing is amplified by a thousand um so so she's sensitive to noise which obviously triggers her to redirect mm-hmm. you know um and um she has she is very cautious of me. She doesn't, 
she and I have a very complicated relationship. Um, I have been bitten by Kaya at least a half a dozen times. She, um, she, how do I even say this? She, she, it, it's like, she doesn't trust me. Um, she watches my every move. Um, I feel like she, she stalks you. I feel like she stalks me, meaning that if we're in the same area, she will not keep her eyes off of me. And the times that she has bitten me, um, are usually, um, from behind mm-hmm. and, um, mostly without warning. Um, so when I say without warning, like, holy shit, I, you know, I put a, you know, I was putting my keys in, in, in a drawer, closed it. And this dog came from behind and literally bit the back of my leg. Okay. Now when I, okay. So mostly without warning, but when I say the, the, all the bites are again in this trigger area, when I, what I mean by the trigger area is literally our whole living area downstairs. Her eyes by the end of the night are just bloodshot. She is riddled with anxiety and, and just fear. I think, um, Maybe if I found anything that can relax her, calm her, soothe her, you know, um, the, the, the one time is that she's happy in her world is literally when she eats breakfast and dinner. She is a happy dog. She loves to eat. However, when it comes to training and being food motivated, we used to feed, try to feed her sirloin tip. And this dog would shut right down. She's like, nope. But, you know, so, um, so basically what, what I'm looking for, I'm just looking for, like, is there, what can we do for this dog? What, I mean, Okay. we're, yeah. we're willing to do, I mean, we're willing to look at all our options, but this is what I, I am walking around my house. I'm, 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 I'm fearful of her. I'm fearful that one second she's calm. And then the next second she'll hear a noise and she like, it's like, boom. It's an explosion. So God forbid if your face is near, you know, you don't, you don't want, you could be, you could get, get a bite. And, um, thankfully she's always carrying something in her mouth and she kind of gets, you know, she's constantly chewing on toys, toys, toys. And it looks like she's trying to get, get, she's trying to kill them almost. Mm -hmm. She's trying to relieve that tension. And I don't, I feel like if she didn't have that in her mouth, it would be my leg or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, we tried rules, boundaries, limitations, training, all different, anything we could think of to do that we've tried and done with other dogs and nothing seems to bring this dog peace. Okay. Okay. So, so. I just want to back up a little bit and clarify a couple things. So right now, uh, you've had her for for how long? Um, it's been a, it's it's so we've had her for about two and a half years. Okay, so and okay, t- go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. So and she's how old do we think she is? I would say she's about. Well, you know what? She's got to be more. She's probably closer to maybe three and a half four years old okay yeah they thought she she was about a year okay yeah yeah. and what what do we think she's she's mixed with you know she's she looks like an american bully kind of um, a low rider she's like a little low rider she's spunky she's been bred 
She's been yeah, she's she's okay. had pops, you know, the same you know, the the same old stuff. That. Okay, got it. Um so the and I'm just trying to play catch up here. Um so she so right now she will randomly come after you specifically yeah, like you're, she's very triggered by sounds and things like that. Yes. Yeah. She is super sensitive to, she could be lying. Like you could actually, you know, she, she could lay maybe for a minute and then if she hears something, it could be me in the kitchen, you know, I mean, something so what we think is so small and it'll, you know, she'll, you know, jump up and, you know, and, and try, the recliner. You know, it'll read her, it'll redirect her into if she someone, explodes. she explodes, mm-hmm. like some n- noises are real trigger for her. Okay. And it's always directed towards you. So what what's crazy is this dog, you know, and it got progressively work. Like in the beginning, we, we kind of always joke like Kaya was, she, I was never her favorite, but it got progressively worse where this dog went from, you know, she could, you know, she could live without me, whatever. But then it got progressively worse where like, you can see that she's watching me. She's watching my every move. And if I'm not careful and I don't have gates up, that it could potentially be a situation for me. Mm-hmm. And it has been where, where we've got, you know, I've got six bites that, you know, not, you know. I'm not going to minimize that. I mean, she broke my skin. I mean, she, she's, she's, she's given me some good bites. It's almost like she's, she, she, she'll bite. And then she goes into this. She pancakes after. She like flops, like, flops if, down. Yes. Or she'll run away and go. Or she'll run away and then pancake like flops down. Like, what have I done? I don't, it's almost like, I don't know why I just did that, but I did it anyway. Okay. You know, and it's really sad, but we need to do what's, I mean, we are really, I mean, this is, this is, this is actually torture for us because we really want to do what's best for her. And, um, you know, like the boundaries, listen, I'm going to give you some strengths of hers. She is super smart. She knows if I tell her to get up those stairs, she gets up those, she, if we can get her redirected before, but the problem is we don't know when she's so unpredictable that I, it could be, we don't know exactly what her triggers are. There's so many of them. You know what I mean? I can't tell you. What used to be triggers are no longer triggers because they're random. It's just a rant, you know. Mm -hmm. And you can't, you can't reel her in once she explodes. You cannot reel her in until it's the outburst is done with. Yeah. And she usually listens to me really well. Um, she usually follows me around, listens to me well and everything, but I cannot even redirect her. Okay. Uh, you know, my, I think my, my big question is some, sometimes these types of behaviors and these types of situations are predicated off of the relationship that you have with the dog. So, sometimes dogs will become very, and I'm just trying to get a good feel because it's just not, I guess for me as, as somebody with experience and all this behavior, it just doesn't add up, um, to me. So I'm just trying to get a consistency and I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of talk out loud here. So has she been like this sketchy since you've had her or or is this new? Okay. No, I, I mean, 
it, just initially while Henry was still here. So, was... so initially she had some corks. So when, when I say corks that there was areas of our, again, this whole downstairs where she would, she would think like she would, she would spin, she would spin out. Like she heard a noise or something, almost like she would look up at the ceiling. Like she heard something like that cork is always better. That cork is always, better. so that was okay. Yeah. You know, um, she is, we have another dog, Jackson. She is great with she is great with them. Okay. Um, so progressively, okay, okay. We don't know what hat like. Yeah, it doesn't add up to us either. It, it's just I don't I don't know how to describe it, but like the look in her eyes now at the end of the day, she is so stressed out and just not at peace. Like she does not look happy in there. Um. So Liz, was she ever like she was always an anxious dog. Yes. This isn't, this isn't like, oh my God, now all of a sudden, this has been, but it's gotten progressively worse. Mm -hmm. We okay. couldn't even put weight on her in the beginning. Okay. She was so yeah, she, yeah, we couldn't even, yeah, in the beginning we couldn't put weight on her because she was so like, you know, for example, we try to walk her. Listen. Yeah, we're structured. We, we, we try to walk her, but what happens is she gets so excited for a walk, but once she gets out there, mm -hmm. ow. She's like hunting. Yeah. Like she can't. You you are not on the other end of that leash. Right. She she doesn't know you at that point. <clears throat> yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm struggling with yep. the most is is just understanding your relationship because oftentimes, as somebody who kind of plays devil's advocate for humans and dogs, and I think that that's my secret sauce is right. I'm able to explain to dog owners and and visual and really see really quickly where the problem is, right? That's my, that's kind of my forte is you come in with okay. the dog and I'm able to be like, Hey, this is probably the reason why things are going on, you know? And, and then I'm able to give you tangible information and exercises to start helping with that immediately. And so that's why I'm trying to figure out there's something missing and I'm, I'm going to keep trying to ask these questions from you guys. Okay. Um, it, it just, so if you have a dog that comes outside and then goes into hunt mode and is disengaged, you know, that, that, that kind of tells us that that's, that's confidence away from you. So that's good. Like anytime you go outside with a dog and they're like, Hey, get away from me. That's confidence to me. Okay. I mean, they're like, Hey, okay. yeah. But, but again, I don't know if what you're, what you're seeing is what you're explaining. Okay. Meaning. You may think like, oh, the dog is hunting, but your dog actually may be just trying to run away because they're scared. So yeah. I, I don't, you don't know that, yeah, and I don't exactly. know that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I, I don't know if it's. And she does pull hard on the lead. Um, we've tried several different types of collars. Um, right now, I'm using a prong collar because I strictly walk her, mm -hmm. um, and I can keep her healed by me, but she's still constantly scanning for anything that moves, anything that makes a noise. And usually she doesn't have a problem with people in the past, but if we see somebody outside in the morning, she like explodes, she loses it. And she makes these super weird noises. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, and she's like pulling towards that person. And then she can't stop. She can't disengage and stop looking at that person after we pass them. Okay. Um, yeah, and I'm just watching the the video that you sent with her. Yeah, and 
and that's, that's a like, pretty tame one. And that's a pretty tame one because, you know, it's hard to find, you know, there were so many times where I'm like, I wish we could have captured that, yeah. but you know, we don't have like cameras, mm-hmm. you know, that was kind of just an, it, that's just an idea of right. what that, that space that you see, that's our bottom, that's our like low, that's our living space. That's the, like the, mm-hmm. this is where we're all as a family coming together. And um, so many times she's upstairs because okay. she can't, yeah, so that's that's her getting right before I sent her upstairs. Like you're done, you need to go upstairs. Okay. And sometimes even even if it's quiet at night and we're watching TV in the den, out of mm-hmm. nowhere she'll come charging in, barking at Maria and lunging at her. Okay. Yeah. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. When everyone's all relaxed and calm. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple things. Um, this video here of of shaking the toy and head thrashing is very like you said, predatorial kill drive type thing. Okay. Um, so there's that. That's what this is. It's a very frustrated thing. So if yes. if I'm – so, again, just kind of re- peeling off layers, this is a frustrated dog killing something. So you have the innate, primal, instinctual, I want to kill, which is which – is, that may sound off-putting to some dog owners, but let me tell you that most dogs have that. We just we we think it's like oh they're chewing on their toy and they're ripping their toy they're killing something. They're killing something. That could yeah. be the neighbor's cat or it could be, yeah. <laughs> you know, a fuzzy yeah. cute bunny. Yes. They're killing something, oh, right? Yeah. She, she just killed a half dozen animals. She, yeah, she yeah. is a freaking. Uh, she's a killer. So so there's that. Um and and I think you know that this is good to see because. Um, if she has a super, super high sensitive prey drive and a super high sensitive, uh, hunt drive, which means she's like at the biggest end of the spectrum of like, if it moves, it's, it's dead. And so they're, they're, if you have a dog that has these requirements and they're not met, that's where you're going to get a, a lot of frustration. So think about if we had a border collie. You guys had a border collie, we're sitting at home, and then you walk towards the door and your border collie nips your butt, nips your heels, nips your pants, and then just stares at you. You'd be like, oh, you're just doing border collie stuff. But I think with dogs out of character and breed, it may be a little off-putting because you're like, hey, why'd you do that? So yes. that's something to, to, to take into consideration too is uh, it's so your dog coming up and barking at you and saying, hey, let's move, let's do something, and then nipping at your 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 behind whatever behind you behind it doesn't matter where on your on the back end of you your back your butt your back uh, your shoes your feet your legs all of that is a very non-confrontational i'm not trying to bite you or attack you i'm trying to move you so just and and that's not like uh applicable to like every situation i'm just saying if you have a dog that is historically going to the back end of an individual on purpose and nipping, that means that they're trying to move you. They're not trying to fight you or bite you or attack you or hurt you. They're just trying to move you. The only, and again, this is from my experience, the only time I've seen dogs do this at scale consistently are insecure dogs who don't have enough confidence to to take somebody head on. It's kind of like sucker punching somebody. Yes, it's like that absolutely. guy's that yep. guy's bigger than me. That guy's you know whatever. I'm not gonna try to fight this guy, but I'm gonna try to sucker punch him. Yes, she will charge you head on though. 
Yeah, she'll charge me head on, but it's not never a bite. Not a, never a bite. You know, she, she will charge you and try and back you down. Yeah, she she challenge. You know, yeah. she's she. It's and I'll tell you it, because because uh-huh. now I've got like now and now what makes it even worse is I flinch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I'm mm-hmm. giving her exactly what she wants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now 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 we've got this dance going on, mm-hmm. and it's making everything because I'm scared. You know what I mean? Like I not even realizing it. Yeah. I'm. Well, you know, oh my God, yeah. you know, you know, and, and it's making it worse. And yeah. she's not just nipping you. She's biting you and breaking skin. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's definitely, um, yeah, she's broken my skin. Uh-huh. I, there's no, but, you know, but, but, the, but again, and now I'm like, oh dear, um, this dog knows now I'm, 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 I'm fearful and yeah. I, yep. Yeah. And it's not, and I know that that's not helping. Yeah. Well, and, and the other thing too is, is this, this breed mixture here are very pushy. So once they get away with something, they're like, yep, this is fair game now. So I'm going to do this now forever. So they're getting a reaction. So again, um, I, it, it's, I'm going to keep, let me ask you this. Ha, have you guys ever done training before with, with a trainer? Yes. Okay. And we started with the trainers from the shelter. Mm-hmm. We started with bite training. We tried to we tried oh, no. to develop trust and everything. Work on pulling her into you and giving her weight and the push pull thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, that was just working on trust stuff. That was like I was feeding her by hand. Okay. You know well, what I mean? Because what you know, that, the, you know, bite and carry and stuff like that. Is that, that so it? No. Is that the that's only? It. Okay. So yep, this highly recommend doing some sort of training with uh, somebody who specializes in behavior and is experienced in behavior because this is a dog that's going to be challenging for anybody. So here's some things. Um, this breed, this mixture, these drives, the, um, the foundation is a perfect storm for a very pushy opportunistic dog. So I know that before you mentioned behavioral euthanasia, uh, and things of that nature. I never would ever do a behavioral euthanasia over the phone, regardless of anything, because yeah. Yeah. the only difference between a dog being successful is context. So, you know, how every single video and every single time I talk to somebody, they think their dog is a certain thing. And generally I'm like, it's not this. So, yeah. I, so I'm again, appealing off layers of importance here. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to just start rifle things off to you guys. This dog definitely needs to go to some sort of uh, board and train camp, um, some sort of uh, evaluation that somebody that truly has experience with, with behavioral cases, um, uh, we'll talk about that in a minute, but again, I'm just saying having the conversation of, of like, Hey, what is this dog's real intentions? I think you'd be very surprised with somebody who knows how to outlet this type of dog, this bully pit bull terrier kill drive pushy, uh, dog. You'd be very surprised with somebody who knows what they're doing can do with a dog like this. So okay. I, I'll give you an example. I went on tour recently. We stopped at my, one of my favorite shelters in the country, Casey Pet Project. It's a shelter in Kansas City, Missouri. Beautiful shelter. Uh, and, and, and every time I'm there, uh, either doing education for them or with them, um, we, I, I say, hey, get me out the, 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 the troubled dogs. Get me out the dogs that you guys don't think are going to make it out, you know, um, or whatever. Dogs that you guys are having problems with. And so they, they said, Hey, we got this one dog and he's a, from, from my 
ex- my um, opinion is this dog is heavy with borble and heavy with like English, like bulldoggy type. So it's a perfect blend of a very pushy dog regardless. Yeah. Um, and he is very opportunistic. So what they've been doing right now is they've been putting peanut butter on a spoon and uh, marking him with a clicker and it's all great and it's all good. Um, nothing wrong with any of that. <clears throat> but the problem is, is he was rehomed because I can't remember what they said, but they, they're having a hard time with this dog mouthing and jumpy and pushy. Every time that they would turn, he'd nip their butt. Every time that they would turn to the left, he'd grab their treat bag and try to pull them on the ground. Every time that they didn't give him a piece of food fast enough, he'd jump up and pull their shirt off them like or try to. So this okay. was a very, very pushy dog. So they were on the edge of like, hey, this is a dog that only two out of X amount of people are comfortable with handling or can handle for liability reasons. He's not getting out as often as maybe some of the other dogs. And this is my understanding again. And I'm like, okay, let's go look at this dog. And sure enough, this dog is running the show, running pockets. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. I'm going to use my mouth to get what I want. Cha-ching. Like every time he puts his mouth on something, cha-ching, 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 because he's getting redirected. And I truthfully, God is on the truth. I'm like, this dog is not in good good shape. This is not good. This is not safe. Um, after I spent about three minutes with the dog, I realized the dog's never been told no. So I said, okay. I said, guys, you know, we're, we're, we're marking behaviors we like, right? So we're, the dog sits, we pay. The dog uh, downs, we pay. The dog heals nicely, we pay. But there is one big thing missing. And, and again, this is a dog that could be euthanized because he, because of his behavior. So I said, guys, he's, he's doing all these things. He's jumping up, he's pulling on you, he's nipping you. He's, he's, what are we how are we teaching him that this is not appropriate because these behaviors are going to ultimately get him killed. And they said, well, we're not. And I said, okay, here's an equation for you guys. And this just goes for any dog people. Okay. And this is just through years of experience working with behavior and trying to figure out the best, most effective way for, for dog owners and their dogs. Positive reinforcement is to encourage behaviors. Positive punishment is to discourage behaviors very simply. So, they were rewarding the dog when the dog was doing things that they liked and the dog, they were trying to mark things. Yeah, this is a good sit. This is a good heel. This is a good off. But when the dog would misbehave and do all the things that we not only don't like, but ultimately could get this dog killed, we were turning our backs. We weren't doing anything. Okay. Nothing. The dog was just picking pockets. This is mine. This is mine. This is mine. Gimme, 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 gimme. And so... I said, you know, and, and I try not to overstep my boundaries and I, and I certainly do not like to give anybody unsolicited advice because what I do is very natural. It comes to me very natural. I'm not walking around like I'm the expert. I'm the best. I, I know everything. You guys better ask me. I'm just like, hey, here's my opinion is this dog has never been punished or told no in his life. And he's a mixture of breeds that not many dog owners should ever have. So you have a pushy, young, borble mix mastive mix uh, and he's got no boundaries i said this is a nightmare you know and it's a shame because i worked with this dog i said okay give me the leash and and i have to be very conscious and mindful and respectful and and empathetic towards this dog he's never been told no i'm not going to come 
crashing down on him. I said, let's just use a little bit of leash pressure when he jumps up and let's give him a correction. So he jumped up. I said, off, boom, I gave him a correction. He sat. He jumped up, off, boom, I gave him a correction. He looked at me, he sat. And, And then I said, okay, this is what we have to do. But understanding that the handlers were a little bit nervous about physically correcting him, which makes sense because they didn't want him to redirect. I handled him for a little bit. And I, I, my, my understanding and my opinion on this dog changed so drastically within minutes. I went from, "Mm, this dog, I don't know. I don't know what's going to be best to handling his face, handling his jowls, handling his body, touching him. And of course, all the volunteers were like, holy shit, like this doesn't happen. Like what's going on? And so, so my point is this, and this just happened two weeks ago and it's so fresh in my brain. And I've been thinking about this dog ever since I left, because that's why I don't go to shelters. (laughs) Um, So, you know, so I, I'm like, Holy crap. So this dog has never been punished effectively, okay? Which means the dog's never been told no. And this is, again, a dog that likely, if not stopped for these behaviors, will in some way or some shape, unless somebody fosters or adopts this dog and takes it to the challenge, will be euthanized. Yeah. And so, you know, that's my point with, with you guys is... It, um, if this dog is a behavioral euthanasia, that means it's a neurological retardation, sketchy, nervous, anxious mess. And that may be, I don't know, but I just want to, just by looking at this video and kind of seeing how you guys are interacting with this dog, I'm just giving you an example of he's out there strutting his stuff. He's shaking this toy. He's killing this toy. And we're, we're literally running away from him, hiding behind different doors and making. So this dog Mm -hmm. needs to be worked with somebody who has enough skill set to have the balance that I offered this particular dog at this shelter. Hey man, if I don't give you boundaries and structure, you're going to die. And that, that yeah. I took very seriously. Now, there is yeah. different training camps out there that believe in that. They actually believe in death over discomfort. So instead of telling, and I'm not even talking about correcting a dog. I'm talking about telling a dog no. They would rather put the needle in the dog and kill it. I know that that's, it, I'm, 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 I'm again playing devil's advocate because yeah, yeah, there's no, certain yeah, camps that you would be talking to under these circumstances and they would immediately say euthanize the dog if you're running away from it. But to me, and my style and my no bad dogs saga of why I do what I do is I'm looking at a dog that inheritedly probably has a lot of pushy prey drive, like you said, opportunistic behaviors of once he's got you flinching, he's like, aha, aha, this, yeah. this gets a reaction. And so I, and I get, I'm, I'm just talking out loud here on experiences. And so it would be interesting to see what somebody can do with a dog like this if given the opportunity, just like I did with this dog at the shelter. Everybody yeah. was up in arms like, what do we do? How do we do it? I mean, they were giving this dog probably a half a can of peanut butter a day just to get him outside. Okay. You know? Yeah. And they were very skillful with their handling and their marking system was great, but they were missing one piece. I said, guys, we're 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 circling the drain on this dog about potentially 
euthanizing this dog or talking about euthanizing this dog or whatever. I, I, I don't know. I, I, to be honest with you, I don't know what goes into that at that particular shelter. I don't know if they were close. I don't know if they would do it. I don't know if even they do. It. I don't know. I can't really speak for that. But I know, you know, the conversation came up in our conversation with you, but you have to understand is like, guys, we haven't told this dog no before, it seems. Yeah. So I'm, that's my, I mean, so, so that's like, my story. So because like, yeah, no. Um, so just to um, give you a little more information, like Kaya. Um, so for example, after she's done eating, she gets, she goes up to her, her space upstairs. She doesn't free roam. She's only in this area uh, for very small bits of time um, because I find that when she's down here, she can't manage, you know, her, she can't manage herself, meaning that she starts to, it looks like the anxiety is getting, you know what I mean? She doesn't, she starts to unravel for, or for a better choice of words. So, you know, we, you know, how you have, you know, dogs have their place. Well, she has, I, you know, her place is you need to get, you know, go to your room upstairs. Like she has her room mm -hmm. and she will, she'll go to her room. Mm -hmm. This dog, like, that's what's crazy about this. And what's even crazier is this dog will stalk me all day. But at night, this is what kills me about her. She literally will curl up. She'll, she'll come up on the bed. She will curl up next to me and allow me to give her like a you know like a, like a nice little massage you mm -hmm, know mm -hmm. on her terms she's mm -hmm. very much like a cat mm -hmm. she's very much like a cat everything's on her terms mm -hmm. when i want affection you know i'm not i don't force affection on her i don't even you know when she wants it and if she can she can sit for her, i give her a massage but then that might last a minute and and then all of a sudden she she realizes oh my god i've just shown vulnerability <laughs> You know, and she she spins out and it's like, OK, you're done now. You know, so I don't know, you know, um, she does get told no quite a bit. She does. We, we have some pre that video was not good because we really didn't interact with her with the video. Yeah, I was just trying to, kind of, trying to I was mm -hmm. I was just trying to capture the video. But, yeah, we don't she doesn't free roam around this house. Mm -hmm. She has a crate. You know, she has a crate in a room. Yeah. So. So, yeah, so it's because unfortunately, when she's down in this area, her, she just can't, she can't manage, yeah. she can't manage herself. Yeah. So right now, upstairs, she's calm. Yeah. yeah. Like right now she's upstairs, she's calm. Yeah. So I want to, I, I want to, for efficiency purposes of, of helping you guys out, um, you know, and, and my job is to, to, to consult with you guys and tell you what's going on again, like. Her going to her room at night and you telling her to do that has nothing to do with punishing her when she's acting like a maniac. So okay. those things aren't, they're not applicable. That's good information, okay. I guess. But again, like I, I want to stay focused on the likely problem of what's okay, going. So what do you mean by like, what would be a pun? Like, what do you mean by punishing? So just in general, like your relationship, let's, let's, let's talk about the relationship with the potential with, with this dog in particular let's say okay. so it, it's not about like this video is just you know it's good to like see some context right i know what she looks yeah. like i know yeah. her breeds yeah. i know what yeah. you know whatever so yeah. but just in general like at scale it, it's not about a particular moment of of punishment it would be 
it would be what is your overall relationship with this particular dog? So it would be when you're out or let's say, let's say, let's say this context here, you're in your living room space, your living space, excuse me, and you put a leash on and the leash is a slip leash or something and she jumps up. That would be like, okay, how do you handle that? So she jumps up on you or she does something that you don't like or even even better than that, let's say you're teaching her how to place or you're teaching her how to sit. Mm-hmm. Your punishment and your accountability and your consequence for this dog is directly going to hardwire the way this dog portrays you in your relationship. Okay, so let's say you put her on a slip leash or her prong collar. You say, Kaya, sit. She goes, nope. And let's just say she knows this sit, right? She knows this behavior well. And this could go for anything. Place, down, heel, sit, right? You say sit. She goes, nah, I'd rather not. At that moment, it'll tell you how your relationship is with her. If she flips you off and says, don't ask me to do things. Or she says, can you pay me to sit? Or she just simply walks away from you. Or maybe she sits. Likely the dog isn't just going to sit out of that context. So my point is, is if you're not practicing boundaries and rule setting with this dog on a regular basis, then you're not giving the dog the structure that she needs in order to to live a happy life. Okay. So certain dogs who don't have a way and they are anxiety, they are, they have anxiety, they have whatever is going on. If they don't have proper structure and boundary setting and somebody telling them, here's what your job is for today, then they will take it upon themselves to herd the family around, kill something, push people into the kitchen, do whatever she can. We're going to talk about outlighting in a second, but you you asked the question of like, what would what would punishing a dog yeah. look like? And it's you not so much- like a correction. Yeah, it's a, like correction. a correction. It's a correction, but at, at its core, it's accountability. Period. Okay. You asked your dog to do a behavior that they know well that you've practiced and they know this behavior and they said, no, thank you. At that moment, like parenting, students, employees, your whole relationship is going to be predicated off how you handle that situation. If you say, oh, I'll ask you again. Can you sit? That boom paints a picture now i want to be clear because this is the difference between people understanding dog behavior and then kind of walking away with their own ideologies and not i'm talking about this particular dog right now i'm not talking about a eight eight week old golden doodle that's never seen a leash before i'm talking about a dog that knows sit that has behavioral issues already with pushing boundaries and is Mm -hmm. under these these circumstances when you, when you say Kaya sit, she's like, no, th- that's what I'm talking about. And at scale, um, your relationship will also kind of play that role. So that's, that's kind of what I'm saying is if you ask your dog to do something and there's not clear accountability following or enforcing these things, then your dog won't listen at the least. Then comes yeah. anxiety because, hey, I, mom and dad aren't in charge. I don't know what the hell to do. And then comes pushback. And it kind of goes in a domino effect where if your dog doesn't have clear guidelines and boundaries, we just say, yeah, do whatever you want all day, whatever, that's cool. 
then they will they will have anxiety. They will say, who's in charge? They will be stressed. They will be suspicious of everything because at every moment they think that they have to rule the house because mom and dad aren't. So, and again, this is just a blanket. I don't, I don't yeah, no. know you guys. I don't know what you're doing. I'm yeah. just saying, typically speaking, like for an example with that shelter dog, this is a perfect example of, hey, these are the things that we are seeing with this dog. And then I'm like, this dog has also never been told no. Like it's never been punished. It's it's actively doing things that will get this dog killed and nobody is stepping up to say, you can't do this. Dogs aren't just going to flip a switch and say, they know, okay, this is what gets me paid because I'm getting food and peanut butter and treats and oh, rewards for this. Great, cool. But for some reason, when I jump on people, everyone yells at me, but nobody actually does anything about it, right? Mm-hmm. So these are the things that I'm talking about. The assertive accountability will change your your dog's relationship forever because the dog knows clearly what they just did is wrong because you timed it properly. And that starts with, there isn't like a secret, how do you hold the dog accountable? It's an overall relationship. It's like respect, right? It's like, how do you earn respect with an individual or with a company or with a partner or whatever, or trust? It's, It's trust and respect and these types of things, unless obviously tested, via hidden camera of like what would you do if this happened it is yeah. something that de- is developed over time hey i'm going to be here at eight and man that person is here at seven fifty. every time they say they're going to be on eight i know they're going to be on time and when you're asking the dog to do something and not enforcing it then the dog knows no let me i'm gonna i make the rules here you don't mm-hmm. and then so you have a roommate and now this roommate that you love and they may love you doesn't listen to you and is now you're kind of walking on eggshells with this roommate because again, it's not the external problem. So if I were to ask you what the problem is, and oftentimes the first 10 minutes of my conversation with dog owners is the biting, the nipping, the chasing, the predatorial stuff. These are all external things. What I'm doing is I'm analyzing like, okay, these are all the external things. There's a good chance this dog's never been told no. And we're probably going to come under that assumption of like, okay, he does these things, but how are we handling it when it happens? Because that's the only way that dogs will learn. Yeah. How I'm handling it right now is because I'm walking around kind of, you know, I'm walking around, um, you know, a little fearful, Mm -hmm. um, because I, I don't know when, you know, again, her, you know, you know, just, just the creepy stare, you know, I'm like, oh my God, I can feel her Mm -hmm. staring at me from behind, you know, I can feel her gaze Mm -hmm. and it like makes the back of my, you know, hair on the back of my neck stand up a little. Um, so basically, you know, how we're handling it is I send the dog upstairs and I put, and I gate her, you know, I, I put a gate up so she can't run down the stairs and like come at me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's that's where we're at right now. This is where we are two and a half years later. And I'm like, and, and the fact is, and like, listen, she listened to, to Jonathan. This dog listens to him. She is like, she follows him. She's waiting for his next commands. Mm-hmm. But me, it's almost like I don't belong in this house. Right. But for, you know, for, but so it's not even, so she's capable, but, but so what I'm saying is, do I need to, what I, mm-hmm, I'm thinking mm-hmm. I'm the one that needs to do the work with her. Yeah. hundred percent. So if you look at 
if you look at the situation, right? And 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 again, I'm again, this is helpful. This is peeling off layers. This is oh, okay, okay. We're starting to get somewhere. So, if you have a dog that you're like, you know, having severe problems with, or talking about behavioral euthanasia and things like that, you have to look at consistency. So it's like, oh no, with my husband or my partner, this dog's great. Doesn't really do any of these things. Yeah. It's only with me. Yeah. So that tells you that your relationship with this dog is the only reason why this dog behaves this way with you. Because yeah. if somebody, so if you say my dog won't do X, Y, and Z, and then you give the leash to somebody else and they do X, Y, and Z, it's like, no, no, this dog won't do X, Y, and Z with you. This dog will do X, Y, and Z perfect. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah, Kaya even did that with the trainers we worked with. She wouldn't work with the trainers, but only me. Yeah, she's very. She shot right down for the trainers, but then they handed the lead to me, and then she was back to back in the game. Yeah, yeah like really. Um, and you know, she is. You know, like I said, she is. Uh, she's she's really she's very smart. Mm-hmm. She's. She, I know she's very capable. She really is. What's what I guess is sad. To, you know, I'm just hoping that. Listen, I'm willing to put the work in. I I said that to Jonathan. I'm not. You know, I'm. I'm willing to put the work in. I'm absolutely, I'm, I need to learn. Um, I also, but I also need to know, like, will this lesson, like the, like, you know, it's just her eye, like, you know, how sometimes you can look at a yeah. dog's by the end of the day, Tom, like her eyes are so bloodshot. She's friggin' exhausted yeah. from being in her own body she all day. She sleeps hard at mm-hmm. night because like you real could, pick, you could pick her hard. up and flop her back down. And she doesn't even know it. that's the only, because all day she's like in this state of yeah. is that something that we can help her with well is that something that we can you know lesson lesson possibly um because it it, it it's something that it's hard to like my answer as a as a professional is to say you have to figure out why she's doing that that's that's a hard answer for me to to give you. And it's also a hard answer for me to like mirror back to you say like, is it possible? It's hard for me to answer because if she's doing it because she doesn't have a job or she's anxious because you guys aren't providing, then yes, because you have to change your relationship with her and things will get better for her. She'll be less. So right now she's checking everyone's ID. She's like, I got to protect. I got to protect. I got to protect. I don't know. Um, but, but I think even bigger than that, you guys, is there's outletting that has to be involved. So taking in, in, I'll 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 just say this that when when you're outletting and playing with dogs in particular they have again so let's say every day this dog wakes up and it, the battery is at 100%. Some dogs wake up and their battery is at 10%, 20%, 30%. They need to drain that battery. Right? So some dogs have a bigger battery. They need more. Border Collies, Vishlas, Terriers, Pitbulls, Dalmatians, smaller dogs. Like it it doesn't, you know, a lot of dogs just have a battery and they need to run it. And so sometimes dogs who are living a lifestyle that doesn't allow them to drain the battery become unfulfilled. And when a dog becomes unfulfilled, you have to understand that this is like sticking a fish in a fish tank and saying, hey, don't swim. Don't work. Right. Yeah. So if you take a dog that has, again, I don't know the breed or whatever what's going on or the history, but if you take a dog that has these um, inherited, like, hey, this is what I need to do to be happy, and we're not providing or outletting, like certain people, right? Like my wife, she, she physically, this girl is, 
you know, could outwork me any day of the week. She's very fit. She's very active. She works out. She does cardio. She lifts weight. She runs every day or almost every day. And, but that's something that she needs to do as a human uh, to outlet, right? She's like, that. it makes her feel, it makes everyone feel good. It's just whether or not we get on the treadmill yeah. or not is, <laughs> is a different story, yeah, but she absolutely. does, right? So, so my point is, is some dogs need that. And imagine somebody who needs like whatever your vice is, whatever you like to do, like, oh, my coffee or my run or my walks or my meditation, whatever it is that helps you become grounded, dogs have. And some dogs, again, have that more than others, depending on their breed. So you can get a a specific breed and they may, like my St. Bernard that passed away, for an example, he, you could walk him around the block and he's good for the day. Done. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. my Dutch Shepherd, you can't outwork her. She's constant. Her battery fills right up. Zoop, 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 zoop. Yeah. So she needs different, you know, she needs different things. So, so my point is, is like when you're asking this dog is anxious, this dog is insecure, this dog is constantly on guard, you know, there, there are possibly some genetical, let's say malfunctions that are happening that makes this dog this way. Absolutely. That could be on the table, but likely there's like, what is this dog actively doing mentally? So sometimes when I ask this question, dog goes, oh, we have a huge backyard. We go for two walks a day. Great. Cool. Wonderful. But mentally outletting something is far different than the other types of exercises that certain dogs get. It's like, how was your workout today? And and you literally just watched YouTube videos of pers- a per- person running. You're like, ah, it was not that fulfilling, right? So dogs need to actually go out and outlet. They have this mental capacity that needs to be drained. And again, some dogs more than others, and it can absolutely self-destruct their mental state of mind if not done. So, mm-hmm. so that's something to highly consider, uh, moving forward that, um, the, so think about it like this, she wakes up and she's got a job and right now, because she's not getting a job from you guys, she's creating jobs. What's that? Did you hear that? Who's here? Who's over here? Did you, what do you do, 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 constantly, yeah. constantly looking for something to check constantly looking for that 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 perimeter barrier like i gotta check everything and so she so then she becomes kind of kooky because she thinks she hears somebody at the front door or she thinks she hears somebody knocking and she's like i gotta check this out right but and, and that's natural that's normal that's what dogs do right so to some degree so my point is is like before you guys go down the rabbit hole of like behavioral euthanasia and things like this there's something that's typically missing in every dog's life, and that's mental stimulation. The second thing is physical stimulation, and the third thing is boundaries and ma- making sure that your dog knows clearly that they don't have to check the door every time a fly goes by the house. So, and none of them I don't think are like more important than the other. I think they're all equally as important. And if you have a dog that requires more of that, like my St. Bernard, like didn't need any of that. Um, but if you have a like high wired, like go, 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 gotta go, gotta go dog. And you're not providing these very basic things that a dog needs to be mentally stable and happy. Then that's the, that's the easiest place to start because you don't have to even have the conversation of like, you know, losing your dog because of these things. The next, the next conversation, um, 
would likely have to do with medication because if this is under the category of neurological like retardation like just can't help it like obsessed OCD thing then medication is also very safe and effective and fair and warranted at that point we're not trying to turn her into a puddle but maybe we can take off the edge so she can live a happier life just like with people yep you know people are the same way it's like hey you know if we can and again like I am somebody who never says like meds. If you go to the vet, they're heavy on meds because they don't do training. So if you go into a problem, they're going to try to fix it with science and medicine because that's the job. They're yes. not. They're not going to. They're not going to train the dog. They're just going to say, "Well, here's medication that will counter these things," which is great when you have your dog limping around on a hurt leg. But it's not great when your dog just isn't fulfilled, and then we give him medication. It actually can make things worse. Um. So that's the next conversation you might have with your trusted veterinarian on certain things after you've kind of, um, or and or uh, in conjunction with the things that we're talking about. But to me, you guys, there's things, here's here's the list of things that you absolutely should be diving into like head first um, to help your relationship immensely, pretty quickly. First okay. thing is, mental stimulation combined with boundary setting. And if this is something that you're not comfortable with, Jonathan probably will be better to take the lead on this. So getting your prong collar or your slip collar or whatever you guys want to use in the house. And this is very simple. This is going to be giving your dog tests to provide structure. So that, so again, we're going to say, Hey, here's what I want you to do. I want you to sit. Okay. Because sitting is, you know, it's very easy and you know sit. And sometimes you even sit and you get paid. And so you might have your treats or your food in a treat pouch behind you. You're not rattling it in front of the dog. You're not sticking your hands up in the air. You're not squeaking. You're not, you're not kissing. You're not, you're not doing any of that stuff. You say, Kaya, sit. And she's like, no, you give her pressure. And that pressure then tells her there is consequences and accountability if you decide to just look the other way because you don't feel like sitting because maybe there's a fly in the other room. And she does do well with that on her walks with the prong collar. Good. Just a little bit of pressure will slow her right down and she does not pull at all. Perfect. So work on work on the sit. So, and again, like the pulling on the prong collar is yielding to natural leash pressure. And she's like, hey, pulling on right. this pressure makes it uncomfortable. But again, that's not associated with, um, like that's not mental to her. She's not thinking about things. She's just doing what like, oh, this is hot. I'm taking my hand off. That's that's a no brainer, if you will. Right. So what I want you to start focusing on is actual testing of the brain. Like, hey, here's a challenge. Kaya, sit. Like, so go inside. And again, like these are the things I would be doing immediately. I'd be saying, Kaya, sit. She's like, screw you, buddy. Pressure. Pressure, yeah. Yep. So 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 again, like when, when we talked earlier about like what is it what does a punishment look like? What does punishment look like? It's it's literally holding your dog accountable for things that they should be doing because you asked them, not because you're bribing them with anything in front of them. Okay. That's what's gonna set your relationship up for success. If you can ask your dog to do something and they're like, Yeah, sure, I'll do it. Sometimes they get paid, sometimes they don't. But if you're looking like I want you to, okay, so I had my, I live in a cul-de-sac 
I had Lakota, my Dutch Shepherd, out today. Um, I've been on the road for three weeks now, and before that I was on the road for two weeks, and before that I was on the road all year. So anyway, I haven't spent as much time as I would like to with my beloved dog. I was home with her today, had a tug toy, and I said, hey, let's go outside, let's play. We're in a circle, and I was doing all sorts of stuff with her. I'd say, Koda, down, boom, she down. I'd say, sit, she'd sit. I'd say, couche, which is down in French. She'd down in, and I'd say, assis, which is sit in French. And then I would just do normal, like, German commands, plots, sitzen, all that stuff. I would recall her. I would left her. I would write her. I would leg her. I would place her. I would do all these different things. And, okay, if you're looking out and watching me do that, you would say, wow, what an obedient dog. What a trained dog, right? What I would be looking at if I was looking at that, I'd be like, wow, look at their relationship. Yeah. Look at their understanding for one another. And nine times out of 10, if not more, you guys, the problem that people have externally with their dogs is because they don't focus on the relationship. And now the relationship is, is heavy development into basic obedience, but it's your ability to communicate. So if you were raising a child and you never taught them ABCs and you never taught them how to talk and say hungry, hot, diaper, outside, thirsty, like if you didn't teach them how to talk to you and communicate with you, things would be very challenging. You'd, you'd talk caveman, ooh, ooh, ah, 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 right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? So with dogs, that's kind of the situation, right? So if you have a dog that doesn't have good communication with you, it's very challenging for you to live a successful life with. So how does that happen? Okay, well, I get a dog and and this this is um, and this is just a side note. Uh, I have a course uh, on my course is called the no bad dog uh, the nope, what is it? The no bad dog Kickstarter course, which is essentially everything that a dog owner is gonna need to have for basic obedience and structure with their dog regardless. But it's also a prerequisite to anybody that wants to to work with me behaviorally that they have to have. If your dog is biting people, but you can't heal your dog, we're not going to talk. It's okay. useless. We can't talk. Why are we talking? If you can't even get your dog to sit without a an Italian deli at your hip, you can't get your okay. you can't get your dog to come back off leash. You know what I mean? So these are things that, again, like I want you guys to be focusing on your relationship and not so much the external problems because I, I, I can't stress enough that there's a very high likelihood that your external problems, the chasing you around, the nipping, that stuff is happening because your relationship. That's why it's only happening to one of you and not both of you. Mm-hmm. If it's not cons- If it's not consistent, that means it's not the dog. Yeah. So I want you, so my suggestion is again, don't think of it, don't, don't, don't think about it too much. I want you to say, okay, how can I test my dog and have the ability to safely hold them accountable? So again, perfect example. Let's say this dog loves treats, loves kibble, loves food, whatever. We put a bowl down. We say, Kaya, sit. Kaya's like, oh, but there's a, nope, pressure. Nope, come on. You got it. You got to work. You got to have obedience, right? When we talk about obedience, there's obedience in so much in life, right? And obedience to me is like structure. It's 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 controlling our, well, I could just eat the whole bag of Reese's, but we're not going to. 
because there's many reasons, right? So it's <laughs> it's obedience, or it could be obedience with your faith in a religion, or obedience could be your obedient in, in just just anything. Like obedience is just saying like, hey, I could do this, but I'm going to make a better decision and I'm going to listen to my inner like, you know, whatever. And so you you are that inner thing for this dog. Hey, buddy, sit. She goes into a sit. Okay, great. You put a piece of food down, boop, she gets right up and she tries to go for the food. So she's telling you that you, you say, hey, Akaya, sit. She sits. You put a piece of food down. She's like, peace out. I'm out of here. I'm gone. We don't we don't talk anymore. This is the, the, There's something more valuable present and you were gone. Like you, you said in the beginning of this conversation, you should see her on the leash when we're outside. We don't exist. That is a relationship thing. Yeah. If I go outside with my dog, she is looking at me dead in my eyes and won't stop staring at me not only is she not pulling but she's not on leash and she's she won't move away from me because she knows that i'm going to provide her with a tug or a ball or training or whatever she has the anticipate again think about it like you may say like wow look at that dog laser focused on that person look at that dog's relationship with that person why is she doing that and that that's the key to so this is going to be a process for you guys. This is a challenging dog and not every dog is going to be easy. And sometimes you have somebody who requires an easy dog to be successful because maybe you're not the best handler or you're not the best per- person at setting boundaries or rules, or maybe you don't have yeah. time. Who knows? So this is a challenging dog for you guys it's going to be a challenging dog potentially for anybody else. But my suggestion is start to create these boundaries. And going back to my treat and bowl story, it would be sit, holding that sit, putting a piece of food down. The dog looks at you, break. That's it. Now, it may take you guys a week to do that very basic thing. But those are those are the things that you have to start developing in order to start flipping the script. Okay. And and then now, I mean, for I mean, do we like for for a leash? Like there was a time we would keep a lead on her, mm-hmm. a slip lead on her, like any time that she was down in the main area, so mm-hmm. we could like you know grab her when needed to kind of redirect her. Is that something that we should, um, you know, is that something that we should do while we're in the house? If she's you know if she is down in the area, should we keep like a little slip lead on her so she yeah. can be you know? Yes. Yes. So, so again, big picture macro, right? Relationship matters the most. Okay. So, so when you're, when you're doing your relationship uh, work with her, accountability is huge, right? So she let's, and I, and again, I don't know her for sure. So it's hard for me to say what's going on, but if she is a opportunistic pushy dog, let's say, which she is, but there's probably other things. If you say, hey, get off the couch, and she's like, make me, and then you don't hold her accountable, you're in trouble. Because she's like, oh, so when maybe this is on, that's exactly what you guys are are working on, you know? So so you just just have to make sure um, that, you know, yes, the slip leash could come on, but I also tell people, like, no training is better than bad training. So don't ask her to do something in this preliminary stage that's going to set you up for failure. Okay. So just remember, every time you ask your dog to do something and you're not willing and capable and able to hold the dog accountable, you're taking a step backwards. Okay. Yep. So make sure you follow through. 
basically. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Follow follow through because it matters to her. Like that's what's going to yeah, build oh, confidence. Believe me, I absolutely <laughs> get that loud and clear because, yeah, I have to, you know, again, I've got to kind of get over, you know, um, just trusting her. I don't mm-hmm. I don't trust her right now. And and she doesn't apparently trust me either. Um, so it's like building that relationship. So, I mean, okay, so we've got, you know, we just, we're, we're going to do whatever it takes. You know, we, we certainly don't want to, we, we could never rehome her anyway, because I couldn't, I couldn't in good conscience do that. And she came from my shelter and the shelter people said, no, this dog, you know, because they know that, you Mm -hmm. know, she's, Mm -hmm. she has a bite history. Thankfully, it's with me, and it's not, you know, it's it's not reported or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So we're going to keep her safe here. Yeah. Is was what I'm saying is the option's not going to be real homing her. Yeah. So right. we're gonna we're gonna exhaust. We're obviously all, committed to her. Yeah, we're committed to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Sounds like it. Um. Okay. So I would I would suggest like setting those rules and boundaries. <clears throat> uh, I would I would highly suggest my uh, no bad dog Kickstarter course. That's going to okay. be everything that she's going to need to know how to do with teaching the dog boundaries. I created that course as a, again, like if your dog doesn't know these things, then you can't talk about the behavior yet. Mm-hmm. So it teaches boundaries. It teaches all that. And so that's going to be a good walkthrough for you as well. Okay. And so if, if so, and then eventually, I mean, is it something like if I wanted to um, have like actually bring Kaya to your facility, is that some meaning to like to do some training sessions? Is that something that you would recommend yeah. or? Yeah. You, okay. you need coaching through this for sure. So, okay. So yes. So start with the Kickstarter course. Yeah. Yeah, start with the Kickstarter course, start working on that. And then um, <clears throat> my training program, like my out-of-state three-day training program would be um, beneficial for you as well to, to, to kind of go through the mistakes and the handling things that uh, you need help with. Um, okay. Both both of those things or all of those things would be helpful. And then um, if not, you know, again, finding somebody in your area that is experienced because some people will say like, I don't do behavior regression. Great. Thank you for being honest. Some people will say, yeah, I, this is all I do. And then you can tell within the first session, you're like, okay, this isn't going to work. So just make sure that you're finding somebody that has maybe some content out or maybe somebody that has reviews from other people that have had behavioral work and make sure you're not wasting your time and your money on somebody who's going to tell you to throw treats in the other direction and be done with it. You got to make sure that somebody's going to be assertive enough to hit this head on. Yeah, and the good news is we are a lo- we we live in Johnstown. Oh yeah, we're, we're I Perfect. yeah. So I think we're like maybe forty five to fifty. So I'm local. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm local. So I would not. I would be. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it then. Yeah. Reaching so, out to. I would be reaching out to you. Yeah. So then, then if that's the case, then you could also, at a more affordable price, you could work with my training staff as well, and you could do a package okay. with us, and and that's a quarter of the price of working with me privately on the weekends that we offer. So. Um, okay. And all your staff, like all the people that work with you, are pretty much. Yeah. Nobody. You know, nobody's gonna take you as a client on my staffing. Uh, that, that couldn't handle what, what we're doing. I've let's put it this way. Um, my trainers have been working under me now for three and a half years and they've called me into a case once. 
Okay. And they take everything. So they're all, uh, and that's just a lot of confidence and, and they, they, you know, they, yes, they, they will be able to, to help you out. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll just call and reach out and then see, because I definitely am interested in maybe doing that just, you know, it's easier when you, when someone can see the dog in person, yeah. see my interactions with her to get some feedback, you know what I mean? Um, kind of just, you know, because, you know, it just gives, it, it gives us a different perspective. I'm not, I may not see something that someone is, you know, they immediately may be able to pick out like, oh, you are, you know, you're doing it all wrong or try this or try that. Or, you know, just based on, you know, the dog, how she reacts towards me, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Okay. Um, thank you so much, Tom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no problem. You're welcome. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. Thanks again. And um, we'll um, maybe we'll see you in the near future. Okay. Sounds good, guys. Good luck. Okay, Tom. Thank you. Yeah. Bye bye. All right, you guys, you've reached the end of the podcast. Thank you so much again for listening. As always, I'm going to answer three of your dog training questions. If you want me to answer your dog training questions in the future, all you have to do is head over to the iTunes review chart. If you're listening to this on Spotify, it would be amazing if we can get your review uh, to continue to grow the No Bad Dog message and continue to help dogs. First one comes from uh, free fees, please, (laughs) helping our service dog. Tom, thank you so much for all the great tips here on social media. You've helped us understand our dogs so much. Five-star review, thank you so much. Next one, that's not a question, but we appreciate it so very much. Anybody that even doesn't have a question, uh, again, to continue to support the No Bad Dog movement, um, you know, in the, in the Army, we, we love the support. Ultra Runner 5, uh, every dog owner should listen. Thank you, Tom, for investing time into this podcast. My question for you is how do you get a dog to be more snappy in the house of house or backyard with my three-year-old dog will listen and take his time completely completing the command? He sits slowly, lowers or heel. He takes the long way around. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, so how do you get your dog faster to do things? He is a mutt, uh, but a pointer with fur patterns. There's time that he's very engaged throwing the ball, but other times he's very slow. So what I would do is I would simply just use that motivation to work on your obedience, to make it snappier, to make it faster. Using that motivation and that that drive that he has for the ball or for food is a great way to start making these things uh, faster as you go. So that's my recommendation for you is to just get out there, use that motivation, um, and also use your leash pressure. Like if you're asking the dog to sit and he's taking his time, uh, making sure the dog knows the behavior before you ask uh, or you correct the dog or give the dog any pressure, of course, is the is the right thing to do. So if you say sit and they don't, and then you just apply a little bit of pressure at the end to sit if they know it and they decide not to, but also again, like going through and free shaping and getting your uh, obedience tighter with motivation. So get your obedience tighter first and then go on and, and fine tune these things up. Hi, Tom. Absolutely love your podcast and everything you've helped me so much with. This is bad belittler, be my training, my dogs, my my husband and I have two rescue German shepherds. One is two years old and the other is nine months old. We create them during the day when we're at work and then we come home and let them out. They go crazy. Non-stop barking, jumping, running. It takes forever just to get the collars on. So this is this is, uh, this is going to take the most time for you guys, um, but you have to recondition them that when you get home, it's, it's, it's so do, when you get home, 
Uh, I would honestly just wait for them to calm down. So don't talk to them. Don't look at them. Don't go near them. If they're in their crates and they get overly excited, you're going to have to spend some time on the thresholds of letting them out the crate when they're calm. Um, you're going to have to desensitize them into the crate uh, coming in and out. This is a whole desensitization pattern and also making sure that you're not firing and gassing them up. So getting them out, working on, uh, or I'm sorry, yeah, well, we're working on the collars desensitization um, because every time you come home, they're so excited. You put the collars on, you go for a walk. It's just like a cluster. So I would be desensitizing by putting the collar on and off throughout the day and without doing anything, getting the leashes out, same thing. Um, and then as well as putting them into the crate, coming into the house and desensitizing this. Cause right now what you're doing is you're coming home. They're excited cause you're there. They've been in the crate all day or whatever. And then they know that you're going to bring them for a walk after. So it's a double whammy for them. So it's just this explosion of energy. And then it, a lot of people will come home. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Boom. Skyrocketed energy. And then you go to the crate and you talk to them again, skyrocketed energy. You let them out of the crate and they're nuts. So you just have to make sure that you're literally as calm as you possibly can when you come into the house and you don't acknowledge them at all until they're calm. So it's going to take you a little bit of time, but um, that's my advice. All right. Pack love animals, uh, English bulldog with tracheal issues. Hey Tom, longtime listener and viewer of all your channels. Thanks so much for the great content. My husband, my my question is not about my own dogs. It's for my friend's bulldog who has a tracheal surgery years ago and his trachea is about the size of his size of a straw. The owners were suggested to the vet to not to put a collar on him. Um, so the question is, is how do you work with a dog? And the best thing to do is if you're trying to teach a dog stuff is obviously free shaping. Um, but if it's a bulldog, uh, English bulldogs are low, low, low riders. Um, so we actually have a video coming out of the Medford tour, the stop of this bulldog that pulled his owner, uh, through like this, um, tr like the, a light or something like that. And, you know, almost got him killed. Uh, she went to the ER. It was a terrible thing. Um, so the best thing to do is to do e-collar training. Um, but that's going to take uh, a lot of experience for somebody. So it's not going to be easy. This is not a, a one-off like, Oh, just do this. If she w really wants to get the dog to understand sustainably the work that you want to do, the best thing to do is to just do remote collar training. All right, cool. That's it. That's three of the questions. I appreciate you guys' love and support. If you want me to answer your question next, go ahead and uh, go over to the iTunes review chart. Thank you, guys. Talk to you next time. Bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. 
Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW. 